Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome into our post-combine pre-free agency episode of one of these years here. I'm Chris Burke, joined as always by Nick Baumgartner, uh, I think. Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is officially me. I Say something confirm. that only <laughs> This Baumgartner is not, you know, the person who hacked my Twitter account, if, if those who don't know, I was hacked on the Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. Pretty bad stuff. From someone from Turkey who changed oh. all language to Turkish immediately and the country of origin Jeez. to Turkish. So I was doubly freaking out because I was like, why are my... Cause I, so I don't know if anyone's ever been hacked before. Um, this actually be happened laughing, to me before. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. This actually happened to me before. So when you get hacked, you get like um, an email to your whatever your linked account is or whatever, right? That'll say, um, like, you know, your email's been changed to this. If this isn't you, you know, like, contact Twitter. And you're like, well, this isn't me. Here, holy shit, here we go. And so you contact Twitter, and then they're just like, okay, yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> but, like, you know, so thankfully, though, this morning, a uh, dear reader, Billy, out there, uh, who works at Twitter, uh, he DM'd uh, Brendan and uh, hooked us up. So I think we're back in control. So far, so good. I think this All is right. me. Everything's back under control. So. All right. That's we good. Have, I'm we glad. have friends in high places here. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they got it taken care of. It yeah. wasn't too. I, I said I, I didn't see anything. Uh, I, your account didn't tweet out anything horrible, which is good. No, I think <laughs> it. Didn't I get think you know that's over. that's my other PSA. If it ever happens to you, just immediately do it because I think they do lock the. Um, I think they lock it. So I think Twitter they do do that for you. Like it takes them. It takes them a while to get like a response, but I do think they lock the account. So. Uh, two two hacks in my career, Chris. How about that? Nice. I mean, seems a complete to be going idiot. Around. It does seem to be going around, but I do think it takes a special kind of like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so I well, had one of those moments last night. That was great. I saw. So uh, <laughs> Jeff Passan, I think. The yeah, baseball yes. got his uh, <laughs> yes. his whole account like oh. as baseball is coming back. His yeah, whole account yesterday. was like. Oh. Tweeting out NFT links and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, they changed uh, his account to the whole. To uh, like a, oh my god! At least yeah, mine got the, a, yeah. You didn't get the mine got hacked uh, four years ago, something like that, and it it got changed to Elon Musk. My Twitter account got changed to an Elon Musk account, <laughs> and the person hacked me. He hacked me, got in. Maybe she, I don't know. Hacked me, got in, changed the profile picture to Elon Musk, blocked <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> for some reason on Twitter and then like started tweeting out all these like Elon Musk hate tweets. And that was what they were doing on my account. So I'm glad (laughs) it's taken care of. (laughs) Back to uh, business at hand here. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, So as I mentioned, we we had the episode from the combine um, and now we got free agency starting. And as we're recording here, uh, the negotiating window or whatever it's called now the tamp it's not called the legal tampering window anymore the negotiating window opens monday um right. and then wednesday teams can start signing players 
Lions have gotten a little bit of a jump. They re-signed Josh Reynolds. They uh, re-signed at a lower level uh, Ryan McCollum, Rashad Berry, tendered 13 of their exclusive rights guys. And, of course, the big one, uh, we'll be cutting Trey Flowers next week, which uh, I don't know. I guess let's start there, and then we can get into Reynolds. But Trey Flowers, I think we knew, right? Like, that's not – that was dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. We knew that and I think that that was something that, you know, most people at this point – you know, shouldn't be surprised about or, or, you know, what have you. I think, you know, it was more because we were writing this, the thing that we wrote this week about, you know, where everyone fits and where everyone's going to be, uh, you know, sort of on the sheet going forward. And when you get the flowers, it was like, it's hard because he's a respected player. He's a person that uh, the guys like, you know, he worked hard. The staff likes him. Um, I think all things considered, they would have like to have him here, but the contract is just ridiculous and you can't, you know, you just cannot go forward with that thing. So the cheapest Avenue, I guess, but you know, I guess they're releasing him before here, right? They're releasing him before June. So I think they're going to maybe take on more money than they would have if they released him after. I'm not totally sure on that, but you know, I guess we'll see how it ends up going or maybe they guys, I guess they could wait, right? Technically do it later. Uh, Yeah. I mean, when they were, I mean, they would release him next week and then when they do that, we'll designate whether it's a, Immediate release yeah. or post June one? The pro- so post June one, they'd get sixteen million cap savings this year and eat seven point two. If they do it immediately, they'd eat twelve, almost thirteen, and get a little more than ten back. But the problem is, if you do the post June one, uh, he's got to stay on the books until June one. So you exactly. wouldn't have the twenty three point yeah. three million of his contract to use. So I, my, I well, think you'd probably just pull the rip the band aid off and yeah. Let yeah, him go that's be a fair. Free agent and let him go. And, uh, yeah. Just you know, at, getting ten back still helpful. They should have, um, you know, setting aside eleven whatever it's going to be, eleven million for their draft class should still have twenty to twenty five million to play around with here if they do everything uh, that we think they're going to do in the next few days here. So that's not nothing. I mean, that gives them no. some wiggle room to go get a couple guys, maybe one or two high price guys, or a handful of medium price guys or whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, the Flowers thing's disappointing um, because it was such a big signing when he came in. But, you know, even when he came in, you looked at it. It was a five-year deal. That first year, his base salary was 800000 because they backloaded it. And so you're thinking immediately, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, he's either going to take off and this is going to be great right. and he's going to be yeah. a premier edge guy or we're going to get two years into this and he's going to be making $24 million on the cap and uh, he's not going to be able to pull it off and – yeah, I mean, a good guy, good in the locker room, great, great guy, in the community. Yeah. Like he was yeah. a great person in the. He's a great. He's a great dude for yeah. whatever team he's going to be on next, and probably, yeah. probably the probably Patriots. The Patriots. But, yeah. Um, yeah, great and I, guy. But Flowers I mean, is one of those guys that it's like I'm glad he got paid. You know, <laughs> I just right. you know yeah. in in so many weird ways. You know, it's like hey, I'm glad he got because he is a great dude. He plays his ass off. He's a really good football player, and I think he plays the game. You know, the way it's supposed to be played, all that. He, he takes care of young guys. You know, we couldn't speak enough about those things, all the things we've heard. But it's weird, right? Like, we thought about that when Slay left. It's like, well, you know, hey, he's getting paid at least. All the things, you know, considered, whatever else. But it's good that he's getting paid because he deserves it. It sucks that it didn't work out. But for the Lions, they have no choice. You know, and yeah, they just have to move on. Well, that's what people – I know fans get kind of mad at the size of these contracts. And Flowers, you know, he got – Whatever the guarantee, you know, fifty. It was a lot. Fifty yeah. million guaranteed, I think. On so it was a ninety million dollar contract, and yeah. he's you got a lot. You know, there's like thirty, 
five million or so that he won't get. So it's going to end up being fifty five, around fifty five million guaranteed that he gets, mm-hmm. and people get upset about that. But it's not his fault. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And it's not. And, and that's what I, I wanted mean, to illustrate. It is not his fault, and he did everything he was asked to do. Yeah, it's I not mean, his fault. They gave him the deal. More production. You would have liked to see him stay healthy. Of course, like those things, you can be a but, little you know, bitter unlike, about. But the contract itself. Yeah. And I want to say this. I don't think anyone thinks this, but unlike, you know, people thought when Galladay was pulling the, well, my hamstring hurts or whatever it was, they were like, you're just sitting out because you don't want to play here. Like that never, that was never the case. You know, I don't know if that was the case with Kenny or not, but that was the float going around with people. That was never the case with Trey Flowers, right? Like that's what I would say and make it crystal clear to people that I don't think he was quitting on anybody. I don't think he would have done that. So it's a different situation with him, and it's just one yeah. of those. It sucks. It's like you know, I felt the same way similarly to like uh, Justin Coleman when they gave him that deal. It's like, well, he didn't live up to it, but it's not his fault that Patricia and Quinn gave him that. <laughs> you know, gave him a right. ridiculous deal. You know, what are you gonna do? Turn it down? <laughs> so I mean, you just this is, but this is, I think, Chris, to the greater point, maybe this is probably the final um, cleanup. Whatever, Vitae would be your last. I guess on my yeah. golf, I guess if you're, I don't know how you yeah, fair. score maybe, golf, but Vitae, maybe golf goes yeah, on Vitae. Holmes's scorecard, but Vitae almost feels like he's in a different place now. Maybe, maybe we'll see, but flowers really was the last big like yep. anchor hanging on, you know, Holmes's neck here to get rid of. You got to get rid of this thing at some point. You got to figure it out. So I guess that's my question to you now that this, you know, they've solved it. What's your outlook for, you know, where we head, you know, Free agency is always tricky. Free agency, you never quite know. And the draft is so important to the staff, as we know. But, like, what do you think some of this money, what do you what do you see them doing with some of this as, as we go forward here? Well, I mean, I do think they have some opportunities if they want to make – I don't think they're going to go sign, like, six guys, you know, right, six exactly. bit high-profile guys. But if you want to make a play on two, if you want to go get Marcus Williams or mm-hmm. a receiver, I think you can do that. Or, like I said, if you want to go further down the list, like, those are two – top 10 top 15 free agents probably in this class um so if you want to go further down the list and get some guys that can help you and don't cost 18 million a year yeah you right. certainly can do that so i mean i think that that's i think they have some freedom to do that last year they were pretty much committed to what they did they had to get one year deals it had to be cheap you know like they were just trying to fill the roster i do think we also need to assume at some point here that some of this money is going to go toward, you know, we've seen them get, they, they got the Ragnow extension, they re-signed yep. Okwara, but they need yep. to figure out some of these other ones too. You know, exactly. Wa- Walker, obviously, is he getting re-signed? Right. Um, they have to pick up Hawkinson's fifth-year option. Is he going to get a long-term deal? His He's making, his base salary this like, year is going to be 965K, which is way below yeah, he's going to get nine, I think, earning. eight and a half um, or nine on the fifth yeah. year. I think that was so. That came those, out there's day. a couple big ones. I mean, like Ora Warrior, is he getting one? Jonah Jackson's going to be Jonah up was one the soon. big Jonah was the one for me that I thought if you yeah. wanted to take some of that money and go a little, yeah, you know, what whatever with it with somebody other than Tracy Walker on the roster, I thought Jackson would have been the guy maybe that they could have said, "Hey, we love this guy. You know, we want him here." Right. And boom, we're locking him in, you know, like that's, but to your point, yeah, Tracy and him, I guess would be the only two, right. That I could have, that I was thinking when I was going through the roster, like maybe Swift. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I mean, he's, Swift, he's getting there. It feels like next off season to me. Yeah. And worry, I think is headed. Worry yeah. That's fair. Amani. Last yeah. year of his. And so, uh, that, which is actually, I mean, he's an interesting discussion in himself because last year I exactly. think was not 
I don't know that they see him as a number one cornerback or that anyone no. should see him as a number one cornerback. So I don't, that's, it'd be an interesting sort of valuation based off, you know, he, he played as the number one last year and he had six interceptions and right. And, so, and, uh, and maybe he plays as the number one again, unless you right. go sign somebody or draft some, you know, I mean, yeah. or, or Okuda bounces back, but yeah, I mean, it's tricky. And again, it was tricky. It was less tricky last year because they just didn't have the money. But like you know, so there's no whatever. But like this year, you have you have a little bit more money. But as Holmes said a couple months ago, like got to be super careful here. You know, they're still at such a delicate spot with their development. Like you do not want to get involved with any contracts right now. I don't think that you can't get out of without no. any kind of easy wiggle room. Right. That would be my biggest thing that I would say in any scenario or situation that they enter right now. Well, right, and you're still playing the long game. We talked uh, la- two yes. episodes ago, three episodes ago, about how you know the the old rookie scale really sunk the Lions because they had yes. two and Johnson and Stafford and all that. And so it's a little, it's friendlier now. You can work with it, but they do still have at the moment a thirty million dollar a year quarterback. They have Sewell, who they just drafted. They have Okuda. They're going to have another the number two or wherever they end up picking if they trade. You know, they're going to have a number mm-hmm. two draft pick. And so that goes into, you know, eventually, you know, two, three, four years down the road, you're going to have to give those guys some money. If you're, I mean, Sewell's not going to be – if he keeps playing like this, you're going to be paying him like a top 10 tackle in three years. And, yeah. you know, if you draft Hutchinson or whomever, sort of the same conversation. So you do have to play the long game on some of this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's they're certainly <laughs> – in a much better space than they were last year. As it'll, you know, barring any other big moves, it'll be the 12, whatever I said, 12.8 dead money for Flowers, and they have six left from Jamie Collins. And then mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Those are the big ones. Tyrell Williams, I think, is on there for a million, but they don't have, like last year, yeah, it, was, not much. it was just, it was ridiculous. It was like 50, 60 million by the end of the year uh, in dead yeah, money. Yeah, horrible. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's realistic to like Marcus Williams is the one that keeps coming up because he's a Saints guy and he's an Aaron Glenn guy and they, they yeah. need a safety? Like, is it realistic that they go get a big name or two here? Well, I, that was what I was thinking. You know, like I think that if you look at the if if it's going to depend, I think to a degree on what they think of the safety class and the corner class and what they can get. Um, in terms of immediate help right now, because, you know, and we'll talk about the mock here at the end. We're, we've got another one coming, but there's a lot of guys in this defensive backs class that are really intriguing, but they're project guys, you know, like they're, um, like Woolen from, uh, what's he from? Uh, is it uh, Sam U- Houston? UTSA. UTSA. No. Where's the, where's the right? Sam Houston kid? No. Yeah. Uh, there's Sam one Houston's of them. McCollum's the kid yeah. who also. They're both, up in our both these kids are like total freaks athletically. Right. But you you know, they're. They're a little untested, I, you know, Woolen maybe less so, but they're a little untested and everything else, and maybe you don't know what they're going to give you right away, all this. Like, a lot of that, I think, would depend on what he thinks of that and where they want to go in the draft, because I could see them, I have thought about that, like, if they, you know, if they brought Tracy Walker back and a safety came out there that they liked, that they, a veteran that they could pair with Tracy that they liked, okay, I could definitely see them saying that's worth the investment. That's worth the investment not just for like a two year, one year prove it thing. That would be worth maybe a little bit more where you stretch it. Like that's one where I could see a corner is a little trickier for me because I I do think you can develop corners fast and I think you can draft corners that can help you quicker. Safeties are the ones that I look at and say, 
damn, it's really hard to get a safety out of the draft that comes in and helps you right off the shoot, man. Like, how many times do we see rookie safeties come in and just look like they're a traffic cone out there? Because it's like good players, you know, that eventually become good players. So that's how I'm looking at it right now. Because I think that if you're going to take the money and stretch yourself, they did a little bit last year with linebacker to try to help, you know, ease some of that. You know, and whether or not it worked, I guess, is probably up to whatever whatever you think they wanted out of it. And in this case here, I could see, you know, safety, especially if it's somebody like, you know, like you said, like if it's Williams or a Saint or somebody they're familiar with or a great culture guy, I could see them doing that. Yes, that would almost be the only spot I would maybe even do it in. I don't know if I would do it anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think wide receiver is in the conversation. I do think they still need one more defensive lineman, too, whether that's bringing Nick Williams back or sure, yeah. Seb- Sebastian Joseph Day is the one that keeps jumping out for me. It's a Rams guy. He's really yeah. good against you the run. Like, they need yeah, one of right. those. You need someone there. So mm-hmm. there's some positions. Safety is a really interesting conversation for the reasons you just mentioned, and it really ties into the Kyle Hamilton discussion, too, yeah. because I think he is a legitimate option. I understand why mm-hmm. people love him. Oh, my but God. it's yeah. a very tough if you're drafting him with the way the depth chart looks now and saying, all right, run our defense. No way. No, no way. Especially this defense. This they talk all the, like Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn talk all the time about how much safeties have to do in this defense and not just <laughs> versatility wise, not just like you yeah, got to play lot, the man. slot, you got to yeah. play high, like all the things, all those positioning things. But they're also. The linebackers are wearing the dot and they're making mm-hmm. the calls. Those safeties are directing most of the traffic out there yeah. for this defense and certainly in the secondary. So this is you have to step in and be able to read and recognize everything you're seeing at the line of scrimmage. And that to put that on Kyle Hamilton day Whew. one would be pretty tough. I, so I think that is one where if you like and that's exactly. why I think we keep coming back to Marcus Williams because he knows this defense. And mm-hmm. so you could hit the ground running with that, even if you have to pay him. As a top five safety, you've got some money to do that. And maybe that's a spot where he's only 26. You could still you exactly. could have him here for five years. Like this is uh, that's the spot where I think if they're going to go in this year, that's where it's got to be at safety. Like there's a reason why we talk about Will Harris a lot. Okay. Like people are, <laughs> they're like, you guys talk about Will Harris all the time. We do. Because safety is such, I don't think, I talk about this in the college podcast a ton, and people do not get it. They don't understand it in the co- at the college level. I think they do more so when you're watching NFL football. But the safety is so freaking hard. It's so hard to play. Like, if you can find a college safety, right? Like, Chris and I watch enough football. If you can find a college safety who can run fit and cover oh, God. two coverages yeah. <laughs> and man, then he, no. he's like a top five pick. He's like a top five pick because it doesn't exist. Like, it's so difficult for those guys to do all the things that they're being asked. There's a... There's a level of savvy that is required in that spot. So that's why I think we talk. It's a big developmental spot. And in the way Aaron Glenn and Pleasant, like you said, the way they coach and the way the defense works to play split safety like that and to stay in it as much as they do and to never get out of it, man, the safeties have to be not only like dogs, but they have to be like genius level football players. They have to be very smart. They have to be like able to handle a lot. So. When we when we talk about that, like people get hung up on Kyle Hamilton. Well, he's a safety. You can't take him that high. No, folks, like you got to start thinking about safeties in in a different way, I think is what I would say. And this is a great way. This reminded me of that conversation. I think about it all the time 
with the colleges. But yes, this would be one. The Lions are in a great spot here to invest in in some smart, savvy safeties because I think it would help them erase a lot of lag in other areas a lot faster. It would help the corners. It would help the linebackers. It would help everything. So yeah, I, if that's what you want to do, I'd be all in on that. But I don't know about spending anywhere else. But yeah, safety is the one that I keep looking at. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think it sort of runs counter to what we talk about up top of this draft too. Like you, a lot of the argument for Hutchinson or Thibodeau is just how yeah. many plays can be impacted by an edge. How rusher. much least, he can do. You know, yeah. how much they can change Ends a game. And safeties. And, yeah, right. And I don't know that even as I think about it, you know, I don't know that I think about safeties at that same level. Like if they're tied, if Hamilton and Hutchinson are the two and they're even mm-hmm. for me, I'd probably still lean Hutchinson because I think he, yeah. there's more of a chance to, to impact the, the game ball. there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like a good offense sometimes can eliminate a safety's impact. Totally. So, but you can't run like that by the end of the year. I don't even remember who was playing. It was like Walker was in there, and then they had like Harris had moved a corner. I think CJ yeah. Moore started a game. Like Brady Breeze was playing. Like these were just piecing things together back there. So you can't do I that mean, again. The Dean Marlowe experiment yeah, didn't really work out. It you got to um, have guys. You got to have dudes. It doesn't have to be superstars, right? Like that's why we were always right. like pulling our hair out with the Quandre Diggs thing, where Patricia was like, well, you just don't like him because this is bullshit. You don't trade a safety who knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know, in, in his late twenties, because you know, because you know that's the only reason. I mean, and that's that's why those guys are so important because they are table setters. They are the reasons why in modern football, you know, when you're confusing quarterbacks, your safeties have got to be. You know, we've seen so many guys that have changed defenses in recent years come out of the league that people don't know what to do with, and they're just hybrids and all these guys that fly all over the place. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation, but um, one that the Lions are certainly going to be involved in here uh, going forward. Uh, I mentioned Reynolds, too, which uh, yes. still, I don't know, NFL must be running behind uh, this week. He uh, The signing wasn't is not officially like in the system yet, so I can't give anyone any numbers. People keep asking what, you know, is two years, 12 million, which... It's not in yet. Okay. The high end of it is 12 million, so that's with the incentives. I'm guessing the cap hit for this year is probably going to be like four if I had to, you know, put it in the ballpark, like yeah, one, okay. one base salary and then like a six million signing bonus spread over the two years. That would be my guess, but I haven't mm-hmm. – it wasn't on the wire Thursday and it's not in the system as we're recording yet. So uh, apologies to everyone. But that those numbers feel okay to me. I know there yeah. were some people I got uh, – complaining that it was high because you know he's a guy they got off waivers and I don't know what the market was going to be for him but I think just to get any sort of veteran who's proven he can produce in this league um I, that number felt fine they've got some money to work with and and a guy that your quarterback likes right and he know? played really well here I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's a fine number it's a short-term contract right. so I don't really have any complaints there but I don't know did six million per year? If, I guess if that's what it works out to, uh, is that no? I think any extra odd? money, any extra money he would get in that scenario. I understand the complaint. You know, you got him off waivers. You could screw him if you want, if you wanted, and just be like, "We're not giving you one more dollar." You know, you could Belichick him. But I do think that the added value. I don't hate that because he. I mean, Reynolds. He changed Goff's season, right? Like, I think he changed possibly Goff's track in Detroit to a degree, or at least yeah. he helped. He helps with that. Brown too. He really helps Brown, Brown too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I think he he added a ton of value here that um, 
that frankly I think showed up in the box score. I think his second half was very good statistically, but I also think, you know, the intangible stuff that you can't measure, I think that stuff, they felt that. And, you know, I think that is a good thing. Rewarding that, right? Reward that in a contract where everybody sees it and it makes sense. Josh Reynolds isn't a guy that maybe everybody in the locker room looks at and says, my, he's like Randy Moss or he's going to break out and have an amazing whatever, but like, he's a great dude. And if they give him some extra money for being a great dude, that, you know, that travels. And I think other people see that in the league and in the locker room. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, it is. Again, I don't we I kind of want to wait and see what the numbers look like, because Marvin Jones got two years and twelve and a half million from Jacksonville. And so Reynolds now is getting two and twelve. And you're like, well, fair enough. <laughs> if Marvin Jones is worth two right? and twelve, fair enough. Uh, Reynolds is But last what, year was last and year. And yeah, um, different situations, a different, you know, last year was last year. They didn't have the money at the time. Right. And But again, so, I don't think this is going to work out to. Uh, 12 million. I don't think I'd be surprised if they get all the way up to 12 million. I think it'll be fairly cap friendly this year. Uh, and again, I think that they are probably still. I think Reynolds wanted to be here. I think he was super comfortable here. He was really excited that the Lions gave him a shot. I think yeah. there's still going to be a window here where Detroit's overpaying guys to yeah. come or stay because they want to be what here. This place has been before. <laughs> so, like, they, they need to, like, you might have to give a guy an extra. They didn't want him to get to free agency. I mean, he played well. He's still a yeah. young receiver. And like, um, I mean, I think it's important to remember the last game of the season when Campbell talked to the team, whoever was in the locker room in the last game, right? Like the guys that made it all the way to the end. Um, like he told them, he told them in the locker room, the right? Line. He told them in the locker room, <laughs> you guys put up with so much whatever all year, and I will always respect every person in yep. here for that forever. And I think that that should tell you something. With some of the guys that were playing well down the stretch, they're not going to go crazy and give these guys, I wouldn't think, money that's like, you know, outrageous. But those are the guys that you want on your team. Those are the guys that you want in your program. Like, however long they're here, who cares? If they're here for two years and they help you and they and they leave a good impact and you are better after those two years than you, than you were when the guy showed up, then it's a win. And I think that's what they're looking at it as, you know, with a guy like Reynolds and probably everybody else right now that they're looking at in terms of, you know, dealing with. Yeah. I wanted to, we talked about it a little bit too, but I wanted to ask again, now that he's re-signed about Reynolds role, because we've talked about this X receiver idea that they keep talking about and St. Brown's your, you know, slot, I guess, inside outside guy. Um, Are we just penciling in Reynolds as the Z right now? And as a starter, is that the assumption that he's going to be, you know, playing on the outside, but they don't see him as that dominant, you know, one-on-one X guy. Yeah, I think he could do both. And I think that's why the, the extra value comes in for him is that, you know, we'll see what they do. Obviously, like you said, we'll see what they do in the draft. We'll see if they, you know, take a guy, if you take Watson, you know, the kid from, um, that we saw the Christian and Watson, the six, four, if you take a kid that's yep. obviously an X, then, you know, maybe Reynolds is going to play more Z. But I think the point there that we've made is I, I would expect them to take a kid in Watson's like this. I would expect them to take a kid that can play both. I would expect Reynolds, whoever they draft, and really St. Brown to be three receivers who can play X and Z. And then you have St. Brown, who I think they think can play all three. Cephas Um, is like that too. Yep. Cephas can play X and Z. And really, I think they don't hate it when Cephas lines up in the slot and, and gets quick on a guy. So I think that you'll see them continue to draft guys that have... X and Z versatility. And if they find one that can play all three, then all the better. So that's my read on the Holmes profile of wide receivers. And I think that that's sort of 
the, you know, the more I've thought about, that's just modern, that's modern thinking on wide receivers. The more, you know, we used to think about guys, well, you need to be long and he's got to have those big long arms. And well, I mean, not necessarily, right? Like there's a lot of things that we've seen over the years that have changed our thinking in that. And I think the way offense is run now, especially with Detroit's, you know, being able to play both sides there is going to be super important. Yeah. I mean, I think they're still missing, like you said, the, the quote unquote X, but I also think, you know, Reynolds was a guy who stretched the field vertically, but I don't, he's not like a four, three guy and he's no, not a big yard. He's closer to Marvin. Guy, yeah, so, right. you know, he, that's still yep. a piece they're missing. And the, the Watson, Christian Watson discussion is interesting. Cause it, I thought about it when you were talking about Woolen at, at, mm-hmm. at DB, I think that with this coaching staff, it probably gives them a little bit of a benefit in the in the draft because I think that they're willing yeah. and have already shown that they will take some guys who are absolutely way underdeveloped relative to some of the top names and feel comfortable throwing them into the lineup. What Aaron Glenn said how many times last year, you can't be afraid of young players. And no. so the thing with Watson, you know, I I, I don't know that he's He's probably not a thousand yard guy year one. I think it's going to be pretty raw. There's going to be a lot of stuff he needs to learn, but players like that, I think that they would trust their coaching to get these guys ready. And we've seen it, especially at DB last year, you know, just absolutely plug in anyone and we can get some yeah. production out of it. So and I you think saw that, it with how they drafted last yeah, year. Yeah, right. And I think that that is important to keep in mind here as we move forward. And you say, well, you can't take, you can't take Watson at 34 because he's not ready to play. Yeah, right. That well, role. I don't I don't know that you're taking him for week one of twenty twenty two. You'd be taking no. him for twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. And I think Right. And if you're trying to wait on him to fifty or something, you're not gonna get him. Right. And I think that you know what I mean? And I think we definitely could see and yeah, that's a great point because as we've gone through these exercises, we it's not just Watson, there's other guys like that that I've thought of. Um you know, is this there's been certain guys like Cole Strange was a guy that we've thought of a bunch. Um and there's been certain spots, the guard from Chattanooga, um that there's been certain spots when we've gone through these. I'm like, is that too high for him? Like, is that, are we reaching? And then I'm like, exactly what you just said. No, because like, if we wait, we're not going to get him. And I don't care if he's, if he's like awesome tomorrow, right? Like I'm not drafting him because I think he's going to be a superstar tomorrow. I'm drafting him because I know that our staff can make him that in two years, within two years. So Yes, all of those things, I think people should keep that in mind at basically every spot, probably out of the first round. I think the first round is still, I want the best I can get. And that's why the quarterback thing makes me a little squeamish. But yeah, that's another conversation for another day, I guess. <laughs> we can have the conversation. Well, <laughs> I mean, we I think we can, we can wait on the quarterback conversation yeah. for a different time on the uh, deeper in that. But I mean, people, yeah, I mean, it's not going anywhere, so. We have time I mean, that. right. I think it's still a conversation because I just still yeah, don't know totally. who the starter is next year. And <laughs> I, I don't either. Think they it need just, a young guy, I just so. still think that like, you gotta, you gotta take the, but you know, the premium talent spots, the, the, the two first rounders that, that early second rounder. I, those are guys I look at and say, I want, those are the three that I would say, I want them. Those guys I want helping me next year. Yeah. I want them helping me right now. I don't want to wait. On any of them, I want if I want projects, I want them in the third round. I want to reach on a third rounder, right, or or something like that. Like if I'm going to do that because I'm worried, fine. But still, I think they're not in a position yet to be messing around with risking on it, you know, because that's a risk. I mean, it just is. I mean, taking a quarterback that you're totally not sure of at 32 or whatever, 
still a risk. So, you know, I'm not sure if they're ready for that yet. I don't know. I guess that's probably the, the bigger conversation, right? Are they ready developmentally as a team to take that sort of jump on a guy? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, uh, yeah, I'll swing back into free agency here. But just mm-hmm. while we're on the quarterbacks, I guess I'll ask because we, we've talked a lot about, well, they have all this ammunition now. You know, you have 32 yeah. and 34 or whatever, 32 and 34 this year. They have the extra first next year. So we keep talking about, all right, well, they're going to they can go up and get someone if they want to get someone. Does having that we talked about this a little bit in the mock, too, which will go up Saturday. People can go read it on the site. But does having that extra those extra draft picks. I guess give you any more coverage to take a quarterback at two, maybe even or at thirty-two because you I mean, have those yeah. extra picks to play around with, and you say, "All right, well, let's if we take him at two, we really think that this guy's going to be something in a couple years. Let's take him at two. Let's see how it develops, and we still have two picks in the top fifty that we can get starters out. Yeah, of. so let's go. It definitely th- this is the time to do it. I guess I would say that that's fair. I mean, this is the time to do it right now, or maybe even. You know, next year, if you wanted to do that, but because you do have the buffer or you do have the, you know, especially too, if, you know, if they can get, if they can trade number two, right? If you get extra ammo or something like that, then yes, if you can add more ammo and give yourself more margin for error, then yeah, obviously you go for it. But it's just, I, I would almost be more comfortable if they were to roll the dice like that next year, if all the guys they took this year hit and they were looking at next year, like we have a team that's ready to go. Now we're going to take a guy and develop him and we're going to, you know, Goff is going to just guide us until this kid's ready. 
And this team ain't going anywhere. It's going to be good. And we have a plan. And we have a thing at quarterback now. And I'm now I'm not worried about losing that, you know, whatever we could get. Because if you take a kid at 32, if you take Malik Willis or whatever, I don't know if he'll be there at 32. If you take Ritter at 32 and you don't take Chris Olave, let's say, if he accidentally falls, you're not getting Chris Olave back. You know, like that's my concern. So, like, I would almost be more comfortable next year. But I understand... The, you know, looking at it from the full, you know, you, all the picks are all the picks. They're not going anywhere, right? So if you look at it from the full whatever, I, you know, I could see it that way too. I would also say the landscape, this will be my last thing on quarterbacks, I promise. Yeah. The landscape feels like it's shifting a little it bit really in the is. NFL now too mm-hmm. because I think we keep talking about, well, they have the draft capital go up. But maybe they get to next offseason and they bail on the golf contract and then the Cardinals say, all right, we can't do this anymore with Kyler Murray. <laughs> and now you have extra uh, first round picks. And it, like there's it seems like we've I now just, had two, two or three years off seasons in a row where teams who feel like they're a quarterback away from making a Super Bowl run have been able to go out and get a quarterback. And so yeah. I think that that's just something to file away for next offseason or two off seasons from now, where if this thing's right on the brink. And they don't think golf's the guy, and you don't have a rookie yet. Yeah, you might be able to go find somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been proven, right? Like the, you can find a guy that gets you get you to wherever you need to go, as long as you have a guy underneath and a plan. Like you look at the 49ers. I think they're a great example of probably how you want to do it, right? You had a guy that was good enough to get the team that you had from A to B, and not you know. You're not losing steam as an operation. You're still developing guys all over the place. You're winning games. Everybody's doing what you got to do. Meanwhile, you're developing, you know, possibly your next superstar underneath. And we'll see if that works out. But, like, I think that that's a great point is that there's a lot of guys, there's more guys today than there were maybe however many years ago that if you have to jump off the bridge on a guy and be like, we got to get off this guy and move on, there are ways to do that now that where you don't have to just completely derail yourself into oblivion, right? Like, so, yeah, that's a good point. And I think that that probably changes the math because everything is changing. The quarterback carousel is now a conversation, right? I think that even right down to, like, the way that you see how quarterback coaches, like the 49ers just hired Brian Greasy, who's never been a quarterback's coach. I think a lot of, you know, the way that quarterbacks are being developed and looked at in the NFL these days is changing. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Brunel, too. Yeah, exactly. Same thing that the Lions did because that's what I was just going to say. Greasy got that job. My, my full understanding on this, and I have some, is that Greasy got that job completely based on they were like, this guy knows football like nobody's business. I don't care if he doesn't hasn't been a coach. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's let him teach Trey Lance football. And like, and I the Lions did that with Brunel, right? It was I don't care if he came off of a high school <laughs> staff or whatever it was. Like he knows football like nobody else, and nobody's going to question that. So you know, I think it's we're seeing a lot of changes in quarterbacks in general right now in football for the good. But, you know, the Lions are right in the middle of it, and, yeah, we'll see where they wave through it, I guess, or wade through it. I guess I'm just laying the groundwork for the Lions to trade for a 36-year-old Matthew Stafford <laughs> in 2024. That's where I'm well, really hey. going with this conversation. <laughs> Would worse things, like Stafford comes back, the Lions are, like, loaded, and they have, like, the Sewell line, and Stafford comes back and leads them to his fifth Super Bowl? Is that how this is going to go? Yes. <laughs> Or they lose, and then everyone just blames Stafford even more than before. <laughs> that would actually be. <laughs> yeah, that Jesus. probably would be what happened. <laughs> They'll come back like Dominic Hoshik or something and they like go that. Like and get seven benched. and ten. 
Yeah, he'll uh, have to get benched, and Malik Willis will come in and save the day. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's. Uh, that's like I said. That's six oh, minutes man. of quarterback talk. We can't get back. Uh, free agency. <laughs> we mentioned Marcus Williams a little bit. We hit on the wide receivers a little bit. As you're looking through, I've got multiple. You know, top however many free agent uh-huh. <laughs> rankings here. Top one fifty, top two hundred. Uh, is anyone jumping out to you that you think? could help this team next year and would be reasonable for them to go get um you know we said <laughs> we did say i know that Diggs is coming off of his uh injury yeah man <laughs> and i don't know what his health and i i wouldn't want to you know you want him to be able to play next year i think that's the reason why you're going to sign a guy so i don't want to sign a guy that's not going to be ready so that would be one obviously though that you look at and say if he's healthy and you can get the price where you need it. <laughs> he'd be about perfect. He'd be about perfect to go back and he'd get you what you need because he wouldn't necessarily be a guy that you'd have to overexert yourself on. Um, you could still draft and develop a guy behind him, right? He could help that guy too, and he could help Tracy. That's the type of guy that I look at and say that would be a guy that I'd be, I'd be okay with them, you know, spending some money on. I'm now with Diggs. Obviously, it's like. He's got to be healthy, but I mean, in terms of reliability and a guy you can trust, it doesn't get any better than that, I don't think, right now, right? I mean, in terms of the guys that are out there in the NFL. So he's the one. I mean, as weird as it is, <laughs> I mean, as crazy as it is, he's the one that jumps off the table for me. I, I don't know how realistic it is or isn't, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I've gone further down and I've mentioned him in a couple of posts now. PJ Williams from the Saints is another mm-hmm. one for me who's will come at like 20% of the cost of Marcus Williams and isn't as good a player and he's older, but he's a guy who, again, he knows this defense. He played, he played pretty much everywhere for them last year. You yes. know, he's more of a free safety, but he can play that, you know, drop down and, and play over the slot and all that. So that's one. I, I mean, I also keep looking at these linebackers too, because as of the moment, they have not resigned Jalen Reeves Mabin or Alex Anzalone. It's Derek Barnes and. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I almost, I see there's some other guys down here too. And like, you know, there's some other guys that are out here. Like Peppers is one that popped up. That's like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give them what they need for per set. Walker needs to be able to play deep. And I think you need a guy that can play more in the box and fight with people a little bit. And so I see a guy like Peppers. I see a guy like, um, there's some other, uh, Tart, I think, uh, from San Francisco is another one that's always, always on there that. I think he can do a couple different things. He can play in rotation. So, like, there's some guys like that down there that I think could could help them in a in a right now situation, and maybe they turn into something else, right? Like, maybe it's like you're giving them a chance. I don't know. I don't think they'd be super expensive. I thought um, you were talking about Julius Peppers for a second. No, Jabril. I don't Peppers. think I don't Sorry. think that one's going to work. My man. old my old <laughs> pal tired. my old pal Jabril. Yeah. he's a free yeah, agent yeah. as well. Um, and I think he would be one that like. Versatility. Yeah, he's in the box. He's a guy that's going to be able to play strong safety and cover tight ends. Yep. You're not asking him to play 50 yards off the ball. You're asking Walker to do that, right? Like that's Tracy's game. So, you know, I think that there are guys in, out here um, that are a little younger that are right in that middle 25, 26, middle of their career that I think they could certainly take a shot on. But it's, again, it's got to fit. It's got to fit what you want. Can't be anything about, you know, they got to fit the culture. They got to fit the program and everything else. So. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, again, I do think even if Jalen Reeves Maven comes back, and I think they would like him back, and maybe mm-hmm. he might resign by the time this publishes, but um, 
It sounds like you probably need to bring in at least one more linebacker. Uh, Olakun from the Falcons is a good one. Kaiser White with the uh, Chargers. I don't. It's interesting. We mentioned this on last week's show, but Dan Campbell talked about his linebackers playing downhill and aggressive and all that. So I'm sort of looking like Kaiser White used to be a safety, and now I'm wondering yeah. like, right. is Reeves maybe fit what they want to be doing moving forward? Does a guy like Kaiser White fit what they want to be doing, or are they looking for? Uh, you know, the more physical presences. But there are some names that, as you get further down this list, like Leighton Vander Esch is a free agent, and mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Barr is a free agent, and I don't think Kyle Van Noy would come back in a million years if he's a free agent. <laughs> you know, there's some names down here that are kind of interesting. Uh, Juwan Bentley, good. like yeah. if, if Patricia was still here, Juwan Bentley, I think they would resign sign immediately. Like he's a bigger, he's yep. a Purdue guy, I think, but he's a like a run to a two downer type guy. So, mm-hmm. Jayon Brown is a guy we've talked about before in different yeah. capacities. Yeah. I, I like um, Barr would be a good one. I think it would be a little bit more maybe than you'd want to spend. But, like, I, if you're looking for a guy, like, to just be in there and settle yourself, if you're going to put young guys around him, I think I feel like that would be a nice, you know, a guy like that. You're not asking. The, it's, it's like a younger Anzalone <laughs> or a more physical Anzalone, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's older than Anzalone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's older, yeah. but like a more physical version of Anzalone. <laughs> right. As I think that's what you want, right? You're just trying to find a guy who's like – because that's the thing with Alex. It was That's what they, they tried to make him into a guy that could take the downhill stuff. And, you know, I think that was proven again last year that that's just not his deal. So, you know, I think you just need to get a version of him that's a bit better at, you know, shedding, I suppose, for lack of a better term. How good do you think the linebackers need to be in this defense? Because we talked about the safeties, and we they like to play – they'll play three safeties, or they'll play dime packages, and they'll use their outside linebackers right. to stand up and, and drop in space. So it, we always talk about needing the three-down linebackers and guys who can cover and all that, and I think that's true. But do you need a like an elite linebacker for this defense to work, or can you get by with a couple of guys so, who are So that's a great good? question. And I think that what you need is I think I do think you need one who is very good. I don't know if I would say he doesn't have to be like Bobby Wagner or the best in the league. Yeah. Speaking but of, he's, <laughs> yeah, speaking agent. of, he's out there. <laughs> but you need one in the stack that is yeah. yes. You need one that I would say borders on a leader is very good, and the yeah. other and the other has to be also good. <laughs> you know, good to very good. But more importantly <laughs> yeah. than anything else. Two things. They have to be fast and they have to be smart. Like, that's what Aaron Glenn in this defense and the defense that I would presume that Dan Campbell's going to run no matter how long, you know, Glenn is here. Um, the linebackers that, you know, because they ask the front to just cause havoc. They ask the front to seal gaps. They ask the front to close down and take numbers away to give them back to the linebackers so they can identify and then run and chase and then just be a football player. So it's the same thing as the safety, I think, to me. It's they have to be able to do. All things. I think in this defense, your corners and your defensive linemen to a degree can kind of shut their eyes and play. Those are the guys that not not shut your eyes, but they can really kind of just don't think, just go. You and that's why I think you saw a guy like Jerry Jacobs, you know, was able to take off and really do good things for them last year because he was a guy that he does really well when he does it. He just plays. He, you know, just cut it and go. Like and you saw, you know, how he was able to make things happen for them, even if he was out of position, he just played as hard as he could. The linebackers can't be out of position. They can't be in a misstep. The safeties can't be out of position, can't be in a misstep. When you're playing that too deep and you're asking those guys to really kind of navigate the middle, I think you can get away with having 
one that's like pretty good, but one's got to be very good. It can't be two that are okay and they just hang in there. I think more than anything, they've got to be able to obviously, you know, take on stuff in the in the run game. But more than anything, it's it's the thinking player and the player that can run. Those are the two things that I that I look at and say that they're absolute requirements uh, for this defense inside. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, the the one guy like people ask like what type of linebacker they're looking for, and Aaron Glenn's guy in New Orleans was Demario Davis, who yeah, right, um, right. Was like a pretty good player for a lot of years, and then he got to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and now he's been an All Pro player for three years and running, I think, or at least a second team All Pro guy. And he's—I don't know that people even think about him as being an elite linebacker. Like, if you think of the best linebackers in the league, I don't know how yeah. deep you get before you name him, but he's put himself into that conversation. And I think that you watch him play, and it's—I don't—he's not an elite. He's right. not a dominant coverage guy by any means. Like you can't just match him up with anyone one on one and expect him to lock but him up. Right. But he's really good reading the gaps and getting downhill. He's a great run stuffer, you know, finding those run fits, smart in that way, physical. Um but I think he's also really good at like carrying routes underneath, you know, exactly. finding guys who are coming open and, exactly. and picking up what he needs to pick up. And it's not necessarily that you're matching him up with they don't need long speed. You're not asking them to right. run 25 right. yards. Just find That's your guy and hang yeah. on to him for right. two seconds. That's a good point. Get a pass Yeah, they there, just so. need the short burst and the ability to chase in the flat, right? And then and right in that hook curl zone. And that's it. But yeah, but if you can hammer that and you're I think, smart, yeah. I think you can do that. Yeah. And I think they hope Barnes can do that. Yes. But yeah, yeah. you'd like to have someone who you know can do that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's probably what they're looking for. Um, yeah. All right, so we let's do like five or ten minutes here <laughs> teasing our little mock that's going up because I think uh, people might hate one of the two <laughs> scenarios. But we did two we different did two scenarios, time, so which yeah. one one was uh, I guess both of them took Aiden Hutchinson off the table. But the first one, um, the Jaguars took him at number one, so then it was just what yeah. do you do if you sit and he's mm-hmm. he's gone? And then the second one, we traded back a couple spots. Um, and the top three was that Hutchinson, Hamilton, and Thibodeau were gone. And so it was sort of the same conversation. Uh, you know, what do you do then? And we went two different directions just to give it a, a bit of a different feel. The first one uh, was our longest discussion, I think. We took Trayvon, ended yep. up taking Trayvon Walker at two from Georgia, which you spearheaded that one, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think yep. I was. I was you were on Hamilton. Entirely, yeah, Hamilton mm-hmm. or Thibodeau still. Um, mm-hmm. And you really like Walker. So I guess. Yes. I don't know. Can you for me, that without and, giving you know, away the Yeah, mind? no. I mean, for me, it's Walker's combine was terrific. I mean, it was actually better than Hutchinson's, to be honest. Um, Hutchinson's tape is better still, and he's a better player. But, you know, based on all the evidence we have, I would say, um, he looks like the better prospect. But Walker, to me, I think, and I tweeted this uh, over the weekend after he did all the testing, you know, Dane had put him up to six, I think, was it? Um, yep. mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago. And and we talked about that, and I'd watched more of it after he put him up to six. And I'd watched him, obviously, when Michigan was playing Georgia. And I obviously knew he was a really good player, but, like, it just stuck in my head. And I was like, you know what? This guy is really good. He can do all the things that presumably Hutchinson is going to do in the NFL. And I wanted to see how he tested and how he measured. And he's a freak. <laughs> I mean, like he's a complete freak. Everything he did was totally off the charts. So at minimum, I think for me, Walker 
should be in the conversation with Kyle Hamilton and Thibodeau and Hutchinson, frankly, um, at two for the Lions. I think that that's, that was my biggest takeaway from the combine. I wrote that in our combine takeaways that we wrote um, over the weekend uh, for Monday, whatever it was. Like My biggest takeaway was his performance confirming all the things that we saw on tape that were like flashes. Because the thing about Georgia is those guys didn't play a lot, right? They just rotated. They had 107 badasses. Like six guys are coming back. People don't even realize they've got like three guys that are coming back that are better than some of the guys that are in this draft. So like we didn't see everything and it was like him confirming that with the testing for him was a big deal. And I think that he should be in that, in that discussion, but I'm definitely not ready to close out the Kyle Hamilton book, nor the Hutchinson book, nor the Thibodeau book. But I just, Thibodeau probably did fall for me. I was going to ask you the same and not, not to give it totally away, but like, what was your sort of read on Kayvon right now and, and everything else? Um, I don't know that it's really changed. I mean, yeah. I think it's still, you know, it's the, I, I think he's still got ridiculously high upside as a pass rusher. And I still wonder about everything else. You know, exactly. I don't know that the, the questions to me about like, oh, nothing changed. Love, I guess he love really, football. Right, like, point. I think that's kind of bullshit. Like I don't, yeah. Oh no. Don't, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't right. get any sense from him that he's just like in this for the paycheck. I think he does have, as we've talked about outside interests, which, right. Okay. Great. That's just him as a person, right? <laughs> outside interest. <laughs> right. uh, I think he, be a human being. That's cool. And man. I think <laughs> that you know, actually, you know, one of the more interesting things for me, listening to the sitting in that stupid room at the Indiana Convention Center, listening to all those press conferences, one of the more interesting things was him talking about um, his weaknesses because I think yeah. that that's important for you know what do you need to get better at? And he'd say, well, I I got stuck on some blocks and I you know all these things like I think that it's important for a guy to recognize where he needs to get better and so I think he's still for me I think he's still in that conversation I would have been fine if we had taken him at two I mm-hmm. think you know it's a different they're all kind of different um they are you know, Thibodeau's the, the exactly kind of the classic pure like edge rusher and then and he is the best about, of the three in terms of explosion off the corner right and the that burst. was yeah. that was what surprised me with walker frankly because i he ran let's i was just pulling up his numbers his <laughs> three good. cone his three cone you know um it's crazy was like a, it was a six eight nine three cone <laughs> and so it was an elite like you tell how much he weighs ends. yeah at 272 <laughs> yeah, right. right six five 272 so he's like body type he's more good of God. like a three four or five yeah like he's a like three, four front yeah five tech and so right. i was like well i don't know if he has the bend and the foot quickness to play outside if you're going to play him in a four three if you want him to stand up and then he put up these numbers it was yeah. just like, all right well i guess i guess he can and i guess it just you know I, I, you look back and say well why didn't he have more than six sacks you know why didn't he dominate i guess more when yeah. he was at georgia and some of that is it just reps because everyone else was dominating at georgia yeah. Uh, I, so the Kayvon thing, yeah. real quick, I, said, I don't want this to get lost because I, for me, and I agree with you, nothing changed, right? Like, it's the same. It's this, I think of him the same way that I think of, that I thought of him beforehand. The one thing I would say that I was disappointed in, though, and you just said this and reminded me of this, so not to cut you off, but those three guys, those edge players, are all different. But, hey, they were all at the Combine, and yeah. they're all in the conversation for the top five pick. Two of them worked out the full day and uh, killed it. One of them went home and said he was tired. Like, come on, man. Like, that to me, I did not like. Like, that to me was like, if I'm going to ding you, I'm dinging you. That doesn't mean I'm dropping him out of the first round or out of the conversation. But if I'm ranking the three right now, and I don't know the conversations they had with him 
Maybe he's right. hurt. I don't know all that, but I'm just looking at it from my my point of view and saying, like, I really wish we would have gotten to see the full, you know, because I saw that um, McGinnis came on TV and was like he had the A plan and the B plan. And I was like, I don't want to hear about your plans. I want to see you work out, man. Like, I love that you have hobbies. I love all the other stuff that you do off the field. When you're here, I want to see you compete. And he didn't. And, like, that to me was a, was disappointing, I guess well, is what I would say. If you're going to do that, too, you better go kill it at your pro exactly. day. Any, like, everything exactly. better check out at the pro day. Because if Any, you have a bad yeah. 40 time, if you disappoint in one drill, Exactly. And I just I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't quite get the thought, shake the thought that he thought he ran really well in the 40. His second yep. 40 was better than his first. He had a great 10-yard split. I couldn't help but wonder if he and his folk and his people, you know, his agent or whatever, looked at the board, said he ran better than Aiden, he ran better than Trayvon, he set him down. He benched really well, let everybody else guess. And to me, yep. that's a strategy and that's fine. I didn't want to see that there. Like he has too many he ha- it's not that he has too many questions to answer. He's got guys coming at him that he has to compete against. And like that to me was probably the disappointing thing, I guess. And I get it. Everybody teach their own, you know, I'm not gonna judge anybody for doing anything at that damn thing. The combine is a disaster. A stress-filled mess. They had those guys out there until 11 p.m. Yeah. running, for God's well, that's what sake. Had, the running back group didn't even get to they one all, of yeah, good for they them. out of time. Like and the good for, and good for Kayvon for saying, like, I'm not staying out here all night and, like, damaging myself if he thought that that was going to happen. But point being is just for me personally, like, because I do want to clarify, because he's a guy that's already become a hot-button topic because people want to say that he doesn't like football for reasons that they can't produce (laughs) i don't know why but like i I was just disappointed that we didn't get to see the full workout when we did see it from hutchinson and walker that was all yeah i i would still have no issues with the lions taking him to no i to be honest if hutchinson's gone i still i would have hutchinson above him especially for what they want to do defensively and that's probably part of the Trayvon Walker conversation too right like you mm-hmm. if you're going to play if you want your front to be setting edges and and yeah. stuff in the run be a hammer Walker is a 270 a strong he is a hammer yeah 75 <laughs> like, pound guy I mean Thibodeau like you said he put up a huge I forget his he put up 27 bench reps so he's obviously got some oh, yeah. too but he's, he's powerful too 250 and he's 6'4 like he's mm-hmm. definitely built different than Walker so yeah, it's interesting. Um, and our second, our second one. <laughs> this yeah. I know people are gonna hate. Uh, so we traded down. The Jets went up, and th- we were having this conversation. The Jets went up and got Kyle Hamilton. We were saying, "Oh, is this really realistic?" Because if we, if no. we had done it, like if the Jets had gone up and traded for, like top three had been Hamilton, Thibodeau, and an offensive tackle. I think at four we probably would have taken Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I don't want right. to put words in your mouth. I think that's probably what yeah, we would yeah, have taken. yes, yes. Hamilton was gone. Thibodeau and Hutchinson were gone. So we took uh, Iki Ekwanu and had a big conversation <laughs> about what that would mean for the Lions because, and I keep saying I don't think I don't know that they would take it at two. I think they would prefer to take. Hutchinson, frankly. Right. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that it's totally off the table that they fall in love with what hit. That's an offensive tackle who just kicks the living crap out of everyone, can yeah. play guard or tackle for you. 
I, I don't know. I wouldn't. So, I just can't get it out of my we, head. That it's possible. <laughs> so we've arrived at an important conversation that we are very well suited on this podcast to talk about, which is the Lions' offensive line and the situation that they're currently in, and what they cur- what they could be in if they do something like this. And it's not just about taking a guy maybe in the first round. Because I think we've talked about like maybe maybe you take one at the bottom of the first or in the second or in the yep. third. Maybe you invest you know more heavily. And really, you know, take that next step. Because I think when you look back at some things last year, okay, there's a couple games that stand out. Like when they played, I think it was at Pittsburgh, when Goff was hurt and Boyle was in there, you know, throwing the ball into a lake. No, that Um, was Cleveland. I'm sorry, whatever it was. Goff was, Pittsburgh was the one where they didn't throw. Where he could not throw the ball. Okay, Goff was throwing the ball into a lake. And, (laughs) you know, Pittsburgh wasn't very good, but the Lions are scoring points and moving the ball because... No one could get off anything they were doing up front. And they did not even have the full, you know, guys were hurt. You know, I think, I don't even know if Ragnar was playing. So Sewell was just destroying people. Like, all, Jackson was, you know, doing his thing. They had Nelson in there as the extra tackle, the jumbo package. They found parts of their identity this season through that, like, if nothing else, you're going to have a hell of a time getting off blocks against us. I don't care how good you are. Every team had a hard time coming off. So if you want to take the next step and just be the team that, like, shows up to every game and says, like, well, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I bet we're going to run the ball for 150 yards. <laughs> like, that might be in Dan Campbell's wheelhouse. Maybe he wouldn't hate that. I mean, because there's something to be said for having the best offensive line in the league and making everyone else react to that, right? Like, there's something to be said for that. I don't know how you get there. It's a lot of money. And a lot of yeah. the things that you that you spend and that you risk not spending elsewhere, and that becomes the problem, the risk of overspending there, you know, and everybody goes through that. But, like, yeah, I mean, they're right on the fringe here of having something that could be really great. Well, so I think the two other points here are that, um, one, if, he, if you're draft and best player available and you trade mm-hmm. back to four and you've just seen three of your top options go. Yep. I mean, we could have taken Walker again there. I think we didn't because we wanted to do something. Yeah, we just want to do something different. different. Yeah, but if you're not taking Walker there, and Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Hamilton are gone, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know yeah. what the move is other than to start looking Trade at the again. offensive linemen, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. I just, or if quarterback. You go, if you go best you player there, exactly. If you go best player there, and Trayvon Walker wasn't one of your in Hutchinson and Kayvon were your guys and you don't like Walker, what are you doing? Exactly. Right. You're you're not going. The only other thing that we talked about was corner, uh, I think. We talked about yeah. Derek Sauce. Stingley yep. and Sauce Gardner were the only two the only other guys at and four. And I think it would be Sauce of those two. Probably. Frankly. And that might that might be a stretch, but I have seen other guys I I know some people are that high on him. Yep. I know some people are I think Dane has been top 10-ish on him for a good minute here, top 15. And so, and I think we've watched him. He's really good. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. So, you know, that would be a conversation. But I think that, yeah, offensive line would probably have to be in there. And Icky is a guy that can play guard and tackle. And, yeah. So... (laughs) And so the other point I was going to make here is that as we, because we started this episode talking about, well, looky, you got to look long-term on this. Exactly. Vitae, even if he's back, I think we're probably talking a one-year window with mm-hmm. Vitae. Decker, 
got really, really mad at the media last year for yep. suggesting that it might be on the trade block. But he'll get, he'll get really mad at us for about what you're about to say right and, here. And, too. Well, and I don't think he's on the <laughs> trade block now. I think he's here for a couple years, but 2024. He'll yeah, be 31. He's not and young they can anymore. Get out of yeah, almost right. all that con. They can get out of most of that contract in two years. Exactly. Um, and three years, the contract runs out. So you got to start thinking a little bit down the line. I mean, maybe you just like you said. Maybe you just take. We took Cole Strange in in mm-hmm. both of them. I think uh, mm-hmm. maybe you just take him and that's yeah, your just, guy. Like I think you, you can do that. Him. That's what yeah. they did with Jonah. I totally. think you can do that at guard. Yep. Maybe you don't. Maybe you say we need a guy now. We're going to develop him. He's but what a guy somewhere. like Icky does is he gives five. you he gives you the the elite line right now for three years. When Taylor is when you move on from Taylor, then Panay Sewell is your left tackle and Icky's your right tackle, and you all and you have maybe two of the you have maybe you have the two best tackles in football. Are you okay, like that's for the next eight years after that. Like that's the situation that you're entering. Mm. In a unique scenario like this, people are going to get pissed. This is the this is the Kyle Pitts from last year, right? Because I thought Hamilton was going to be the Kyle Pitts uh, argument. I, I think it's I think it's this one. I am because, not reading the comments on <laughs> because this you can if you have the mind that allows oh, you to man. go that far into the weeds, you see exactly what we're talking about. Because it could be that something like that could be awesome, but it could also be like, what have you done? What have you done here? Everything else sucks, and you have like the two best tackles in football. Congratulations, right? Like, so nothing is promised, of course. Uh, feels like a good place to bail and get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah, probably so. It's Friday after all, and my Twitter account is probably been hacked again. again. God knows. I mean, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully, you can find us both on Twitter uh, yeah. after the draft drops, drops and into free agency. We'll have a ton of stuff. Uh, again, starting Monday, the negotiation window opens, and we usually get. Some trickles of details coming out mm-hmm. before from Wednesday uh, when players can officially sign. We as we've talked about we still need to find out if Tracy Walker and Charles Harris and uh, Jalen Reeves Maven and some of these other guys are coming back. So uh, keep it locked on theathletic.com. We'll have you covered on all of that. Uh, make sure you get your subscription if you haven't. We still, as I'm speaking right now, have our deal running for a, a dollar a month. So you can click on any of our links and get that deal. Um, Our show is on the app, ad-free. Otherwise, you can find us the usual spots, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever else. And uh, good luck to you, Nick, keeping (laughs) keeping Twitter safe. I'm going to guard my uh, account with my life for the rest of the weekend here and hope it stays fine. All right, so have a nice weekend, everyone. For Nick, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.